the game is over, but we're just getting started. You're listening to The Fifth Quarter, presented by Twitch on the Raiders Podcast Network. Well, Raider Nation, we have come to the end of the preseason, and I am excited. Eddie Pascal here, and thank you for hanging out with us at the fifth quarter. We got our man Jesse Merrick here from News 3LV, and usually we hear Jesse on the Training Camp Podcast, but we've doubled up, and we're stealing his service for the evening. So, Jesse, thank you, thank you, thank you for being just the most available man in Las Vegas for us. I appreciate you, brother. Hey, man, you know I got you. Plus, I mean, the simple fact that we get to talk some ball, albeit a preseason game, I'm still fired up to hop on with you. You know that. I know. I appreciate you all the same, though. So let's just get this out of the way. Raiders lose 34-10 to 10 to the San Francisco 49ers. The score doesn't matter. Yes, it would have yep. been cool to go undefeated in the preseason. But in the grand scheme of things, Jesse, a 24-point defeat at the hands of the former Barrier rivals, not great. But look, none of us really care. This is not going to go down in the history book. But we did learn some things about this team on this on this beautiful Sunday afternoon here in Las Vegas, didn't we? Yeah, we definitely did. Like you said, score doesn't matter. There's only a couple times a year you can actually say that, so you take it when you can. And there were some guys that really stood out. Just off the top of my head, some guys that I wrote down, Arnett, Amik, you know, Gerald McCoy, obviously, yes. was a guy that Raiders fans should be really fired up about. Carl Joseph stood out to me. Dylan Stoner was a guy that Gruden clearly wanted to get involved. Um, you know, even one guy, I was looking at the stats again, to me, sneaky Trey Regas, he got targeted a lot out of the backfield. I think five targets on the day. Um, and then Divine Diablo is a guy we got to talk about in, in the run game and just kind of what he what he showed out there. But a lot of good stuff on tape and the the coaches and Mayock, everybody, they got a lot of tough decisions to make. That's for sure. Absolutely. Let's start here with Gerald McCoy, the guy that if you're a fan of this team that you've been waiting to see now literally for several weeks. But we saw Gerald McCoy today. And boy, he looked pretty good. Granted, he was not going up against the creme de la creme, but I, he went against the, the Niners ones for a little bit there. But my goodness, he looked good, and he really exerted his will in the middle of that defensive line today. Yeah, he did. And look, a three-tech's job is to get in there. Your first step needs to be explosive. You get in the backfield and disrupt things. Like, he did just that. If you're a Raiders fan, I tweeted it out. I was like, you've got to love what you saw out of this guy. On the, uh, the I forget who the defensive end was, but when Amit combined on that sack there, you know, a big part of that as well was that Gerald McCoy flew right through the middle of there and kind of blew things up as well. And on the big touchdown run, he was like literally fingertips away from coming down with a tackle for a loss on that one. So like he was all over the place. He said like he didn't know what the heck his wind was like because he hasn't played a game in like 20 months, almost two years. So like that has to get you guys fired up. And then also when you see that, you think like, man, the depth on this defensive line, which we've talked about before on the training camp podcast, but like seeing Joe McCoy go out there and do that and realizing that this is a guy that's going to be a rotational guy for them. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of, lot of things you got to love about the, the defensive line and the depth that they have. You know, there's other areas on this team where you have questions, but I think it's safe to say the defensive line, like Raiders fans don't need to worry about that one bit because there's a bunch of dogs in there. You know, I'm just looking at the, at the final box here, Jesse, and it's crazy to me. Gerald McCoy doesn't even register a tackle today, but my goodness <laughs> for being you know, for being out there and for being as active as he was, like he was a guy that we saw from the first snap he played until the final snap. Like there he is, 61, 61. And we got to get this man a new number, which is a conversation for another day. But you <laughs> kept seeing him and he was active. And even Max Crosby tweeted out. He tweeted, what was Max's tweet as I pull it up here real quick? He goes, uh, Gerald McCoy getting off that rock with a couple of fl flame emojis. I mean, no, no disrespect to any of the other guys that he was out there with today, but you saw Gerald McCoy. There is a difference between watching him do his thing and the rest of the guys on that defensive line this afternoon. 
Yeah, I mean, he's clearly a guy, multi-pro bowler, all-pro, a guy that's been there, done that. You know, he, he looked like, you know, a, a kid from varsity playing on the JV yeah. team or something like that. You know, and that's what you needed to see out of this one. And and simply just for him to get out there for the confidence factor. You know, he said the knee felt all right. You know, he's got to worry about the quad and everything like that. Like, to really get an idea of, can I play full speed and be all right? He, I think he said when they started getting to that two-minute drill, he was like, oh, okay. We're here, you know, that's that's where you get those live reps that you miss out on. And I mean, he really just started getting live reps this week. Same thing with Diablo as well. So, like, you got some guys in there in game situations. And yeah, it's the last preseason game. Obviously, people online and on Twitter and stuff are like, oh, this game's boring, blah, 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 whatever. But like, if you're plugged into this team, that's stuff that you should have been eating up because you get to see these guys get some work in before it counts for real against Baltimore. Like, you needed that today. You know, and before we move on from, from Gerald McCoy and talk about some other guys that had nice days at the office, I mean, when you look at Gerald, and granted it was a small sample size, this is the first time we, we have seen him as a Raider. It's been a minute since he's played meaningful football, but I think the term that comes to mind for me is as advertised, right? Like, this is the Gerald McCoy that we thought we were going to get. Now, obviously, you keep your fingers crossed and hope that the health is there. And yes, it is a long NFL season, so we will see how he holds up over the course of 17 regular season games. But my goodness, if you are a Raiders fan, you just come away with this and say, look, we got out of this game healthy, and Gerald McCoy is the Gerald McCoy that we expected him to be when he came here a few weeks ago. Yeah, you got to love that. I know people love to get on you guys for, you know, all the, the people you'll take that are, like, former first-rounders and stuff like that. This guy's so he's like an all-pro guy, Jesse. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So, like, that's the thing is, like, the fact that this guy looks to be that dude still, like, that's massive. And, again, that just helps so much with the depth. So, like, seeing that out of Gerald McCoy – to me, has to get everyone fired up for this defensive line. Because, again, being a rotational guy like he is, the fact that you can throw him in there in your second unit or, you know, if you rotate through and you've got enough guys on this roster to have a third unit, you know, you're going to have bodies that are fresh throughout there that are guys that can game changers. I mean, look what he did. He changed the game multiple times by disrupting things in the backfield. Like, that's hard to find in the NFL. Those dudes, in this case it was, but those dudes aren't just walking around on the street. And I would be remiss if I did not bring up his spectacular post-game outfit, too. My goodness. Oh, yeah. Good for you, Gerald McCoy, for a preseason game. I see you out here flexing, big fella. Let's see what he's got for uh, for the regular season, though. I can't even imagine uh, what he's got in, in store. And you and I have talked about it before, where I have nothing but love and respect for the big boy style. Like, the big boy style is a lane that I would like to be driving in. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, dude. Look, you, you got to love it when these guys bust out the swag. The mm. big boy swag is, like, especially good. I think... I think we got a big guy with style like that just like takes it up a notch. Yeah. Like, it's oh, easy yeah. for, you know, quote unquote, normal guys, yeah. and I, you know, to have style or whatever. But like this dude busted out. He looks good. He looks fresh. He, you can tell he was sweating a bit. You're yeah. still a bit tired. Had to get the towel. Got, got the big boy like towel. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I loved it. Like he still looks the part. You know, he does. He's not up there, you know, like me in a T-shirt or whatever, just like chilling. Like he's up there looking good again for a preseason game. I know. This, and, and look, this is a big man. This is a man who's six foot four, three hundred pounds. So look, yeah. if you're Darren Waller or you're Josh Jacobs or, or Derek, I mean, you can you can walk into a room and you can pull off a suit. But if you're six yeah. four, three hundred pounds, and you're just flexing on him, good for you, Gerald McCoy. I stand with you, sir. I salute him as well, man. You got to you got to bring the heat when you can. Absolutely. Speaking of a guy that we have to salute for what he did on the football field today, didn't see his postgame fit, but I assume it's pretty good because it always is. Damon Arnett, man, I thought had a nice day at the office. Uh, Damon, who's kind of very quietly gone about his business this offseason. Uh, he had a great interview with us on the Raiders Training Camp podcast, shameless plug alert. But I thought Damon, in, in his limited reps today, had a really nice afternoon against the Niners. He did. Like you said, not, not a ton of burn for him today, but I think he did a really good job, not only in coverage a couple times, you know, 
he was playing off coverage, stuck his foot in the ground, managed to you know make up some ground and get in there for a pass breakup. But also too setting the run, or setting the edge in the run game. You know when there were a couple sweeps, he did a great job keeping th- keeping that outside control and forcing things back inside to give guys you know some time to make tackles and stuff like that. So I was really impressed with him. You know, and, and that's the thing is, look, we all knew that Damon was going to make this team, and and you and I have talked on the training camp podcast, I believe, about the simple fact that like, look, Casey Hayward is going to be the starter opposite of Trayvon Mullen, but like. You know, so what role is Arnett really going to have? Well, look, you needed to see that today to also realize, like, look, the kid can still play. Like, he's still first-round talent, and he's continuing to develop. So, you know, having a guy like that that you can throw out there, you know, maybe when you get into a dime package or something like that, you know, that's going to be a good a good guy to have kind of waiting in the wings. Or if, God forbid, injuries occur, you know that the kid still has it. He can still play. Like, And, again, I just think the simple fact we talked about it as well when we talked to him on the podcast you know, he just seems like in such like in such a better place mentally. Amik even talked about it. For him, he kind of lost some confidence. Like last year, the way that it was, like some guys were off, like especially yeah. the rookies, you know? Yeah. So clearly they've come back and they they feel different. They're more themselves, and you're starting to see that out on the field. Yeah, I mean, it, look, man, stating the most obvious of obvious things, 2020 was a brutal year for so many people. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you're Eddie or Jesse or you're Damon Arnett, a professional athlete. Like, it was a really hard year. And so when I saw him, I think he had two pass breakups today. Is that what the stats are going to tell us? Either two or three. But watching that second one, I just saw a Damon Arnett that I don't think we saw a year ago, a a joyous Damon Arnett, an aggressive Damon Arnett. And we were talking about it with him. We talked to him where this is a guy who's just at this point becoming the Damon that he thought he should have been about 24 months ago, physically, mentally, all that stuff. And he's coming in. He's playing aggressive. He's being him. And we didn't see that a year ago. And granted, there were a lot of reasons that went into that. But if we can get the Damon Arnett we saw today for 17 weeks in whatever role Gus Bradley kind of irons out for him, I mean, he's going to be a net positive for this secondary and a net def- or excuse me, a net positive for this defense as a whole. No, 100% agree with you on this one. And, you know, I know we're talking about Arnett, but Amik even noted the fact in his press conference, you know, he said, you know, when you trust the coaching and you play fast, like you're going to make plays. And that's what I think is also ringing true for Arnett because He's trusting the coaching, he's trusting the scheme, and he's trusting himself, and it's, it's showing out there. You know, he, he doesn't look out of place. He's, you know, there were some guys in the game that did look out of place and, you know, grab and getting penalties and things like that where it, it clearly stands out. Like, Arnett didn't stand out in a bad way. A lot of times, you know, if a corner stands out in a bad way, you're giving up a touchdown or, you know, the offense is going 15 yards down the field because he committed a penalty. Like, we didn't see any of that from him, and that's a big step maturity-wise for him, too. And also just simply to, to get those reps under his belt, show the coaching staff once again, hey, look, I've been putting the work in throughout the offseason, throughout camp, and kind of put that final stamp on there that like, hey, I'm still that guy. I can still be your your third corner if, God forbid, you know, someone needs to come out of the game. And look, man, Damon is a guy who's now in his second year in the NFL. Damon is not a guy who the story has been written for him, right? We are still very yeah. early in the Damon Arnett uh, chapter book. And and look, like I said, I'm excited to kind of see what 2021 is going to bring for him. You and I talked to him, and, and you said it at the top, where he just seems to be in such a better space mentally now, which for a DB has got to be huge going in going into an NFL season. So I'm excited to see what he's going to do, what his role is. And look, you said it as well. We're like, the reality of this is injuries are unfortunately a part of the game they are the reality in the nfl so you are not that far removed from asking damon arnett to have to step in and be one of your base corners so the fact that he showed what he showed this preseason i think is a great omen for raiders fans everywhere but staying in that defensive secondary jesse another guy and we talked about in a second ago amik robertson uh, i think amik's best 
I think it's fair to say his best game of the preseason today. Uh, and yeah. I'm looking at his line right now. We got the four tackles and two of them on special teams, sir. So six there total, two for Rich Passaccia. And, uh, and, man, he just looked confident. He looked cool out there. He looked like a guy who was very much in control and understood what he was being asked to do in that secondary. Yeah, can't agree with you more. I also think, too, you know, his tackles, yeah, the numbers aren't going to, like, blow you away. But, like, he was also around the ball yes. a lot, too. And, like, that's that's huge. You know, if, if there's missed tackles, whatever, like, he was always in place. And that was something that really stood out to me. And something, again, that he said in his postgame press conference is, like, you know, flying around, being around the ball. You know, and, and that just, again, goes back to, like, the confidence, man. Like, if you have confidence in yourself, like, it's going to be a game changer. And the thing that's cool is we saw him do it both inside and outside last week. And we saw him do a bit of it here, too. And he was playing really well both at slot and on the outside. So, like, that versatility for this guy to show is big. And you mentioned it with our net, and I think it's something that people don't really realize. He's a second-year guy. Yeah. Like, you know, these guys aren't going to come out and all of a sudden be pro bowlers. Like, if you could do that, you're going to be the best GM and coach ever if you draft every single guy in there a pro bowler by their first or second year. Like, this guy is progressing along, you know, in a normal sense. I mean, they had a weird offseason last year. So he's really starting to show it. He said he got his confidence back, and he's really comfortable in the scheme and comfortable with what he's doing. So, like, that's great. And, again, also just overall, not only with him, but with the other DBs and the guys on defense, like, they did this against – a starting offense, a good team in the San Francisco 49ers that run an offense that gives a lot of people problems. So like, yeah, the score is what it is, but like, I think you got to have confidence in and like the fact that these guys seem to not have a lot of mental errors out there against an offense that can really kind of put you in a blender at times. And uh, I just looked it up, but Meek just turned 23 about a month ago. So <laughs> he's, he's a young dude who's still figuring it out too. But I, I think overall, and look, this like you said, the score is the score, right? You never want to yeah. lose by 20-plus points, whether it's the preseason or not. Does it matter in the grand scheme of things? No, but all the same, everyone likes to win. But I, I thought that overall the coverage held up pretty well this afternoon. I think there were a few moments, yes, that could have been absolutely 100% better, but I think overall the coverage held up pretty well. Unfortunately, we cannot say the same about the uh, the rush defense. 242 yards on the ground for the 49ers, and man, I don't care if it's the third week of the preseason, the third week of the regular season, or sometime in December. That is not good. No, it wasn't great at all. And look, I mean, I think people kind of have to come to grips with like this defense as a whole is going to kind of take a step back against the run, just the way that it's constructed. Mm -hmm. Like that's going to come with the territory. The defense will probably improve based off of what we've seen throughout camp and in the preseason, but the run defense may be lacking at times. And, and it definitely was today. And let's again, keep in mind not to make excuses for them, but this is one of the best rushing offenses in the league. And they did it against the ones. And these were, you know, twos, threes, and some guys that won't even make this team out there doing it you know but having said that one guy that kind of stuck out to me and, and to his credit he said he's learning and figuring out how to you know get better in the run game and he mentioned it about the whole linebacking core as a whole because a lot of these guys are transitioning from safety to linebacker like divine diablo was a guy that kind of looked like he was getting his first taste of nfl football against nfl o linemen and you know he got beasted a bit by trent williams but like that's come to it's expected like he's one of the best yeah man the yeah league, you know yeah like, if he would have come out there and been throwing people around, opening like, oh, my God, they yeah. got this guy. That was a steal in the third round. Like, so I, I expected him to look like that. And, again, he's figuring it out. He's learning. Like, this was – we mentioned these guys, how young a lot of them are. Like, that's – and I know it'll probably get old for Raiders fans to keep hearing that. But, like, these are young guys learning this scheme for the first time, getting their first burn as NFL players. Like, I left thinking, hey, look, this kid has some good building blocks that come off of this. I guarantee you he's going to have 
plenty of negative marks when they go back and look at the film, but it's stuff to work on. Like in, this is the time of year you make those mistakes. So he looked good and fluid in coverage. There were a couple of times when he could have been a little tighter in his zones and stuff like that, and maybe had better awareness of the receivers around him. But again, yeah, as a whole, the defense rushing game needs to improve in that sense. But overall, I think you leave, you know, feeling very positive about the work that they put out there and the things they can take away from. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, almost five and a half yards a carry if you're the Niners. Ugh, that's that's not great, yeah. right? But like you said, kind of keeping everything in perspective where, look, this is the third preseason game. I mean, it sounds like about 30 to 35 guys didn't even get on the plane yesterday to fly out yeah. to San Francisco or Santa Clara, I should say. But to be fair, on the flip side of things, I mean, the Raiders average over four yards a carry as well. So, look, there was not a lot of tackling, not a lot of stoutness in the run game for either side today. But like you said, I think good building blocks. I think Divine Diablo, this is the first time we've seen him as well, really. So it's like, yeah. hey, let's see what this kid's got. And no one, and we've talked about this a million times about all the rookies. No one is going in with the expectation that Divine Diablo is going to be a finished product on August 29th. No one is going yeah. into the preseason saying, hey, Alex Leatherwood, you got to be this all-pro right tackle on August 29th. We need to see where the base is, right? We need to see the baseline of everything. And then for here, it's like get better and better week after week after week. And we'll use the old Gruden cliche, man. Just keep stacking days a little bit better every single day. And then you look up at the end of January. Well, I guess technically the middle of January now because of this funky schedule. And you say, hey, yeah. how did we how did we stack up? How did the, the cards fall? And let's see. Hopefully we did enough to get in the postseason tournament. But switching to the offensive side of the ball for a sec, uh, we were having this, not debate, but we were having this conversation in the studio today where I think it's pretty obvious that for the past two weeks, Nate Peterman has not gotten a lot of help on that offensive no. side of the ball, right? But I think that what he has shown, and give him credit because I think he did this a year ago too, if you just, if you surround him with a capable offensive line and a few guys who can make plays in an absolute pinch, you could do a lot worse than Nate Peterman as your third quarterback. Yeah, you really can. I think the guy's going to done a good job of kind of rewriting the narrative that surrounds him, you know, in this preseason. I mean, look at the first preseason game and then look at the second one before they started the second half. You know, the guy's done well, again, like you said, when you surround him with good players and a good offensive line, that's going to give him time. And, and to be completely fair, most quarterbacks that are in the NFL at this level sure. should be able to do that if you surround them with that. But still, like, Peterman played very well. I was having the discussion with my boss, Brian, that, like, you know, Peterman was the, the story of that first game, you know, that he, he tore it up, he lit it up. And so, like, you got to love what you've seen out of him, the athleticism that he's also shown. But at times, it's real tough to do anything of value when you got a guy sitting right in your lap as you're trying to throw the ball. So, like, you know, in terms of, the depth along the offensive line, specifically on the tackles, like the Raiders have some work to do there. Gruden even kind of noted that they may not have their eighth or ninth, you know, old lineman currently on the roster. So that's something to keep an eye on coming out of this game. Like clearly he was a little ticked off about that, but I will say like the interception that he threw, like mm -hmm. from, again, I haven't looked at, looked back at it multiple times, but I did see like two, two shots of it. it looked like he was staring it down. There's three guys in the area. Like you don't make that throw, but when you give Peterman, you know, some stuff, some some stuff to work with, he has played very well. I've been really impressed with him and the way that he's been able to move this offense and get a, other, get a lot of other guys a lot of great work. Also, too, like, how many dudes have taken all but one snap in the preseason? I yeah. mean, that's, that's another thing that's impressive. Yeah, I mean, I would love – I'll ask our PR staff. Shout out to Will Kiss and the boys. Yeah. Uh, I'm, gonna, I'm curious to see the last time, like you said, someone has played every single snap over well, I yeah. guess because there's only three preseason games this year, but every single snap except one. I mean, the Peterman has been an Iron Man out there, dude. And, and look, yes. I know that 
you know, playing in the preseason is not the sexiest thing, but to be a quarterback playing in the preseason, getting your offense up and down, like that is a valuable role to have this month, right? You do not want to have Derek Carr out there. As we saw today, you do not want to put even Marcus Mariota out there. So you need to have someone that you trust in a pinch to get your offense from A to Z, and Nate Peterman has shown that he can do that, and I will give the man credit because I think I've been really surprised in a, in a good way over the past three weeks this guy can extend the play, too. Like, he's not some dude who's going to hang out in the pocket and just kind of dance around. 100%. Like, he's going to get out of the pocket. He's going to do his best to make some plays. And look, no one expects him to be the second coming of Patrick Mahomes, right? He is not Aaron Rodgers 2.0. He is your third-string quarterback. But it is such a luxury in the NFL, Jesse, to have three quarterbacks, not one, not two, but three guys that you feel comfortable with. So obviously, you feel the most comfortable with number four. But to even have to go down to Peterman and say, hey, look, if – Something crazy happens. And look, we're still living in this world of the COVID protocol, right? Where you never know. Like, you don't know when you might need to go to that third guy. And for you to be able to say, hey, for a week, for a half, we feel comfortable having this dude take us from A to Z. That is a luxury that not a lot of teams in the NFL have. 100% agree with you on that one because I was just looking it up. He's, he's, so he's 27 years old. Um, you know, not the youngest guy, but not the oldest guy. I'd imagine, you know, most third-string quarterbacks that you find out there aren't going to have the experience that he's had in his career by now. You know, he's a guy that's kind of seen the highs and lows, you know, obviously more lows than highs in the regular season. And, and that is what it is. But like having a guy like him is, is definitely a great thing to have in your roster. I, I said earlier, you know, I think he earned every cent of that, I think million dollar salary that he's got, you know, playing behind that offensive line throughout the preseason and doing what he's done. I mean, again, he gave the Raiders so many good looks of some other guys on the team, you know, like he was able to service them through that. And that's tough. I mean, think about it. Like it's the preseason. These games don't matter. The score, well, they matter, but you know, the score doesn't matter. Like that's tough for some guys to get up for. And he went out there and he was clearly taking it seriously. I mean, there were a couple of times, you know, I remember one when he was looking for Regis when uh, Arden Key actually covered him pretty well uh, coming out of the backfield. And he was like real mad. You could tell he was like, oh, like, you know, point because he wanted to like keep the drive going. So like, it means a lot to him. He's clearly taking it seriously. And you're not always going to find that in a third string quarterback. That's honestly, that spot is like secured. Like, I mean, were we really worried about Nate Peterman not being on this team? No, but like he went out there and proved like, Hey, look, you guys don't have to worry about the third string quarterback spot. Like I'm the guy, I know the offense, I can move things. I'm a professional. And again, not having to suggest subject Carr and Mariota to that is great simply from the fact of like, Clearly, Mariota wasn't healthy enough for it. So you don't want to throw him out there behind the O-line that they had and, and, and risk you know, further injuring him, not having him ready for when the games actually count. So, yeah, I got to tip the cap to Peterman for sure for what he did. Throughout and and this, this might be Homer ready checking in, but I just think now where you have Derek, Derek is your solidified franchise quarterback, but then I think Mariota is probably your, the best backup quarterback in the NFL just in terms of talent. And then Peterman, I would have to assume – is the best third-string quarterback in terms of talent. And look, they're not glamour positions. I get that. It's, these aren't yeah. like, you know, we're not talking about the, the stud-wide receivers or anything like that. But it is, a, like I said, man, it is a luxury to have three dudes that you feel really, really good about. Yeah, no, it is. That's the thing. There's, I mean, there's plenty of people that would sign up to be the uh, third-string quarterback on an NFL yeah, I'll, team. Yeah, I'll take it. I'll them. take it too right yeah. here. Sign me For up. For those of us listening, we're raising our hands. Yeah. You know? But, like, that's the thing. Like, I think, honestly – who can sit there and name every third string quarterback in the league? Like, all right, if you can, you know, hat tips. Yeah, God bless sure. you. But like Peterman's got to be one of the better ones and one of the more experienced third string guys out there. You know, that's obviously not a rook that may have some high upside or whatever. So like, 
I think in terms of the quarterback room, if you're a Raiders fan, like you have to be very comfortable with what you have in the stable. There's obviously people out there who want to see more of Mariota, you know, and, and so that's a good problem to have. It would be much better to be in that scenario than it would be like, oh man, I hope our backup doesn't ever see the field. You know what I mean? So like you can take some solace in that and knowing that like the quarterback room, they all know the offense. They all know what they're doing. They're all quality players. If God forbid anything happens to four, like, you've got somebody waiting in the wings that can come in and do their job, whether it is Mariota or Peterman or whoever, you know, that's, that's a good position to be in for sure. And, and real quick, before we look ahead to, uh, to, I guess, Tuesday and then get out of here, I had one guy tweet at me today. I won't put him on blast, but essentially he was saying that he was really upset that Derek won't have played at all in the preseason. And he was really concerned about how that was going to affect the offense and this and that. And I'm just thinking to myself, I'm like, dog, are you serious? Like yeah. that's that's the hill you want to die on because there were multiple teats. You know, you know these guys that just get super impassioned about whatever it is, right? And we were talking like two, three tweets about how important it was for Derek to play. And we need to get the chemistry right, and and him and Rugsy to have a huge year, and and these two, you know, this this time is invaluable. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, listen, with all due respect, and look, I have some terrible takes. I'll own that. I haven't hit a hundred percent on everything, <laughs> but like someone explained to me what the benefit is. If Derek going out there for eight plays, throwing to Henry Ruggs three times, is that going to change the trajectory of his 2021 season? I don't think so. I don't. I mean, maybe there's some, obviously this guy out here does, but like, I just, I don't (laughs) see the value there. The risk reward is just simply not there for me because God forbid Derek is rolling out and he sprains his ankle. And now you're looking, okay, now we don't have our starting quarterback for the first three weeks of the season, but he needed those eight reps. I just, I don't buy it, Jesse. I don't buy it for a second. Yeah, no, I I agree with you on that one. You know, if if there's some sort of circumstance that like you need to have him out there or honestly, most of the starters for any reason, then okay. Like in the sense of like the 49ers, okay. When they're rolling out Trey Lance, you know, a guy that could possibly be a starter for them. Like, yeah, you're going to want the other starters around him because he's a quarterback and you want him to learn and work with the ones that I, I see the value in in Carr's situation. He's what seventh, eighth year uh, off the top of my head. I can't remember, but been in this offense, been in this league for a while, clearly knows what he's doing. Like there's no benefit whatsoever to it. Cause also think about this fact, the guys around him have been there as well. There's not like massive new pieces or anything like that, that they need to work into the offense. Like the offense does not need that at all. I think, a couple guys on defense, yeah, I think they needed a little bit of burn. But, you know, I- I'm also fine with not seeing Max or Ngakwe out there either because those are guys that have proven they can do it at this level. So, like, you don't put them out there in a situation where, you know, maybe they're not 100% into it because their jobs don't depend on it, but they're going up against guys whose livelihoods do depend upon it. Like, in the NFL, in football in general, no matter what at level you're at, if you're not going full speed, that's when injuries happen. So, like, I think I'm totally fine with not playing them. Okay. And also the simple fact too, that like we got what, like 12, 13, 14 days, however many days yeah. it is until the regular season opener. I mean, there's a good chunk of time between there. So like, what are those eight reps really going to do for them? Or the, the one, two drives even. The shorter, the shorter, the shorter answer is nothing. It is going to do exactly. absolutely nothing, Jesse. And look, man, I, agree. I, I am the biggest proponent of, sitting your starters in the preseason, unless you said like you're in a situation like the Niners where you want to see what you got in your rookie quarterback. You want to kind of figure out this position battle or whatever Kyle Shanahan is calling it these days. But I don't need to see him. I don't need to see Max. I don't need to see Unique. I don't need to see Josh. I don't need to see anyone. Circle September 13th. Clock in for work, fellas. I got no questions there. But I will ask you this on our way out. 
what question do you have now coming out of this game? Because we come out of this game, a 34 to 10 loss. As I said, score doesn't matter. But you look ahead to the regular season. Shout out to uh, Lamar Jackson and the boys coming in week one. But what questions do you now have about this team? Do you have any questions now that you didn't have, let's call it five hours ago? No, I mean, I still, my big question, and it's an easy one, is going to be the linebacking core and like Mm -hmm. how that kind of pans out for the Raiders. Because again, we've talked about it on the training camp podcast. Like you go from feeling really good about the depth in that position to now maybe kind of being like, eh, I don't know. But I also think, you know, the big question is going to be when Perryman eventually does come in, you know, what role he plays. He's going to be a rotational guy. He's not going to be a starter. But like seeing how he kind of fits into the mold there and maybe he can create that depth that they, you know, kind of desperately need there. Um, I still think we do have questions about the defense as a whole. The offense, I don't have questions about because we've been there, done that, seen it, you know. The big thing is going to be maybe you leave this one thinking, okay, look at the way the Niners ran the ball and the Raiders are going to play against a team in Baltimore who runs the ball better than anybody in the NFL. Like, you know, so maybe that's a little point where you're like, ah, but again, the the starters didn't play. So like, there's no glaring question that I come out of this one thinking, but really I'm going to be watching the linebackers, you know, over the next couple of weeks here, you know, for the limited window that we have to watch practice. And then also in that opener, you know, how crucial they're going to be in stopping the run. Yeah. And look, man, I, it's not great, not great entertainment. I agree with everything that you just said. The one thing yeah. that I will kind of add on to that, though, is after hearing Coach talk today and kind of seeing this offensive line play against the Niners, yeah. uh, I guess I do have some questions now about the, the kind of bottom part of the depth chart. Like Gruden was saying, your sixth, seventh, your eighth lineman, uh, are, are they on the roster now? Are we going to be bringing someone else in? And you and I both know that the roster is the most fluid creature uh, in the yeah. world. The 53 is never final. So I think that is one thing that I'm kind of intrigued to see, especially over the next call at 48 hours as this roster really kind of takes into a kind of, we have a better picture of this roster. How does that line shake out? But I'm with you, man. Overall, if that's my biggest question about our offense going into week one, that's a pretty good place. That's a pretty good place to be existing. Defensively, had a lot of questions answered. We're going to have to really see what this linebacking core looks at or looks like especially over the next couple of weeks when you get a little, uh, a little hopefully more information about the health of some of these guys going forward. But man, I'm with you, man, where it's like, look, this was a good preseason. I think if you're a fan of this team, you have to feel good about where we are headed into week one. We feel a lot better now than we did six months ago, I think, in my humble opinion, but there is still a lot of football to be played. So Jesse, before we get out of here, where can the, where can the people find you tonight? Yeah, News 3, man. We're going to be doing our sports night show at 1130 after the news at 11 o'clock. So we'll come on right after that. And uh, we're going to be kind of recapping this game today, kind of like we just did, but diving into some of the takeaways, some guys that sit out, you know, hear from some of those guys. Uh, but yeah, we'll be up there tonight, me and Brian, 1130, and then also our normal shows throughout the night. But really watch sports night. That's our bread and butter. That's when we really love to do this. We nerd out on the football and get ready for the next game, like really counting. So catch me on there. And also, again, shameless plug for you and me, the Raiders Training Camp Podcast. We've got the next one coming up where we're going to kind of preview cuts and Dive into the roster yes. and all that stuff. That one's going to be interesting. Yes, we will have a lot to discuss in the next, as I said, 48 or so hours before the roster goes final. So I'm going to take advantage of it the next four hours of downtime. I'm going to go home. I'm going to eat <laughs> dinner. I'm going to take a nice shower, maybe have a nice glass of red wine. Who knows, Jesse? The world is my oyster. But, uh, yeah, man, like I said, today, the official end of the preseason, we look ahead now to week one, and I cannot wait because I will be honest, and I've been very clear with everyone from the jump, I don't love the preseason. I do, however, absolutely adore the regular season. And we are now 15 days away, if my math is correct. Oof. Yes? Yeah, 15. Today's Sunday, 14. 15, 14. Somewhere around. Call it two too, weeks. So I'm gonna, Who cares? I'm going to let you do the math. On yeah, this I'm going to call it 14. 14 and a half days. 
Ray, do you have an answer for me? Can I get some uh, some clarity before we get out of here? Ray doesn't know either. Ray's shaking his head going like this. Well, <laughs> this is why we all studied journalism. Exactly. Don't do math. We'll see you on September 13th. How about that? So, Freddie yes. Pascal, Jesse Merrick, my man Ray behind the glass, Alexandra in the control room, making it sound so much better than we actually do, and everyone else at Silver and Black Productions. Thank you for hanging out with us here on the fifth quarter, and we will catch you guys in two weeks-ish, maybe, possibly, to talk about some real football. Uh, and a big shout-out to Jesse for hanging out with us all throughout the offseason. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, and we will see all of you guys for our next edition of the fifth quarter. Thank you for listening to the fifth quarter presented by Twitch. Make sure to download the Raiders mobile app and we'll see you next week.